Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Angela Scrivani. <laughs> a silent welcome, a silent hello. Hi. <laughs> oh my God, sorry, I was shocked. <gasps> That's me. That's you. That's you. It's cool to have you on. You've, um, our friendship, like we've known each other from Sunday slips, but then also from hanging out at like Agatha. And then you've also, you, you're the, you're the hands and sweat and mastermind behind a lot of my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, just one really important piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but my, my loft bed. But then also the desk is just fucking beautiful and oh, the yes, benches outside. That's right, the desk and the benches. Yeah. The desk really was lovely. Right. You know, even sometimes when I make things, I'm like, that's lovely. Yeah, it was, and it was such an afterthought of mine of like, and also I want a desk here. And then we just found this perfect piece of wood and... Yeah, the design just was beautiful. Yeah, I love it when it comes together. You know, customers really, uh, they influence how things will go. Yes. Truly. Like, if I have a customer that's like, this girl's going to be not good at what she does, then I tend to do, like, a bad job. But, (laughs) you know, it's your space, right? Like, I'm walking into it. You have ideas about how things will go, and that's how it's going to go. Unless I pay attention, I'm like, oh, we got to do some voodoo mind tricks with this person. Because clearly... But I've learned to just not work for those people. Yeah. And you came in with a positive attitude like, yeah, great. Let's go find the best piece of wood. Let's fucking do it. So we found the perfect piece of wood. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. And also my loft bed is fucking cool. Like it's got a it's got a wardrobe underneath it. And like, yeah, it's um, it's a great piece of furniture. You filled it right up. too. Oh, it's so full. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I just did a I just did a flow market like a flea market um, for the non-Germans um at Mauer Park on Saturday with uh, a bunch of girlfriends and uh, new girlfriends and an old girlfriend but like super fun so I only got rid of like six pieces at the market but then ran into Sophia May afterwards at a show and then she took like another 10 pieces so it's actually there's actually fewer clothes in there can't even tell yeah there was also a big bag full of shit so uh I do I don't I don't feel like I spend a lot of money on clothing but like I'll pick up a lot of vintage stuff here and there. I get it. I used to have that many clothes when I lived back home. Yeah. In Oakland, California. Oakland, California. (laughs) Uh, Had lots of clothes. I got rid of most of them to travel out here, and I still don't have a lot of clothes somehow. it like So you didn't maintain the same um, acquisition... Yeah, the, I, I think I just don't really like uh, the style in Berlin. I don't like mm-hmm. clothing shopping here. I find it, uh, uh, I have so many words that came to mind, like depressing. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You know, whatever you feel. Annoying. Man. Like there's <laughs> so many uh, issues I have with the style that I just don't, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to wear black pants, black shirts. It's fine. Also, mm. I don't want to accumulate things because then I have to get rid of them. You've got a very, um, you've got a very, I wouldn't, insecure is not in the implication of how you feel, but well, a bit, but like you've got a very unstable, insecure or um, sort of fragile relationship with Berlin, I oh, would yeah, say. I fucking hate Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all those words I was spitting out, you must have been like, what is she going to say next? I'm fragile, like, insecure, insecure. I don't know. These words don't describe me. I'm not really fragile. <laughs> With, with your relationship with Berlin is yeah like yeah, my you, relationship with Berlin is delicate yeah. it's a delicate delicate <laughs> but like your feelings are quite brutal <laughs> like, yeah man I, I, I think like recently I've met several people who have said something similar to what how I feel which is I just dramatically miscalculated my 
like my ideas of what it would be like to live here. Yeah. The first time I came here was in the early, was 2001. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like way different then. And that was the city I wanted to live in. But Mm -hmm. that city doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I took like 14 years to save money because I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and it was just fucking expensive. Yeah. So 14 years seems like a long time to (laughs) save money. (laughs) That seems crazy to have an idea of where you want to live and wait 14 years to... It's expensive living in the Bay Area, you know? There's things you want to pay for and do and... But, like, you didn't think to, like, vibe check before you then moved over? No, I had... (laughs) Right? I mean, there's so many smarter ways to do this. (laughs) I'm not trying to rub it in, but it just, like... For me, when I first visited... I first visited Berlin in 2010. So still, that's nine years later, and I was like, that is a city I can live in. But then as time passed, it was like, well, I haven't been there. It's not like, like I, yeah, there were lots of reasons why I wasn't going to move there anytime soon or maybe at all. It was more New York was the option. Um, but then, you know, before I moved here, like when I was going to move to Italy or I was going to move to Europe, I decided I was going to move to Europe. I'd missed the boat with um, the States. And so I was going to move to Europe. And so I came over and I checked out the cities that I was thinking about living in. Berlin was not on the list, but I happened to visit because my best friend, um, one of my oldest best friends lives here. And it was just because of that check-in that it was like, oh no, this is the place. And because I checked in the places in Italy, I was like, no fucking way. You know, like I just, yeah, like moving across the world. Like I understand Australia is a bit further than the US, but like definitely getting a you know get testing the testing the temperature before yeah that would have been smart you know okay sorry (laughs) (laughs) i think it was like i already did that i did it in 2001 and i came back in 2000 and like two three four like i came for several visits Mm -hmm. and those were like really hard for me to do in the first place to get out here and i was like it can't I just wasn't thinking that it would change. Like, I don't know, something about my mind just <laughs> just didn't consider that a city could dramatically change that much. That's so funny. Yeah, fair could, enough. Fair I mean, enough. and I'm from a city that has dramatically changed. Mm-hmm. So you would think I would be like, well, every city is probably going through dramatic changes. But now that I've gone around the world, I've realized that that's the truth, is that mm-hmm. every city has gone through dramatic changes and yeah. there's almost no city that... Nothing stagnates. ...is the way it was and you can always it find can somebody that's like, it used to be better. Always, yeah. always. Um, okay, that's interesting. Like, I'm sure there's people listening that can relate to uh, making that kind of... I just of- had to say, fuck it. Like, 14 years to fucking mm-hmm. save money and go somewhere out of the Bay Area and, like... You know, I was established there. I was lightweight, locally famous, running an art gallery. It was really hard to leave. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of friends. My best friends were there, are, are still there. And I had established something significant. My reputation was preceded me and I had a good job. You know, it was mm-hmm. stupid, really, <laughs> to leave. But I... <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of like since you arrived this morning and then like <laughs> sort of your reflection on this year's activities and you know, now this it's like there seems to be a yeah, it's it's like this isn't a therapy session and I'm in no way but like there's a lot of let's yeah, go let's go Anna. I'm hearing a lot of like um uh I don't know like sense of like that you feel obligated to do things because you've made a decision but then by the time it's time to do it you actually don't want to It's my fatal flaw I have to when I when I make a decision about something like it's actually why I'm so good at making things like your loft bed. 
Okay. Because when I, you are. You when I agree to do something, when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, no matter what the fuck happens, I'm going to get that done. So I was like, I owe it to myself to see what it's like to live in Berlin because for some reason I have this obsession about Berlin that I don't fully understand and I need to just go and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to, it's never going to make sense to go like ever because I don't, I don't know shit about the city. So I might as well just go and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. So I just said, fuck it. And I went and I wish I actually had done what you suggested because I wanted to at that time, but like mm-hmm. didn't, I struggled for a long time with like trying to figure out what I wanted to do mm-hmm. versus what I, like you said, I, I, I committed to doing Yeah, and I'm not great, great at commitment because I commit to things and then I change my mind. That's why mm-hmm. I don't have any tattoos actually. Yeah. Because I just really change my mind so much. Mm-hmm. Except for my hair. My hair stays consistent. Yeah, your hair um, is pretty consistent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I change, like, I think that's, I think, that's, what's interesting though in that is that you change your mind all the time, but then you really, but you do commit because once you've, once you've said something, then there's another part of you that absolutely commits to that regardless of how you actually feel. It's really hard to follow through on things. Well, it sounds like you follow through on things, but emotionally you're detached by the time you're following through on them. I think it's my training, just of being a hardworking American. <laughs> yeah, no, no, look, as an Australian, it's, I, yeah, like work ethic is a very different yeah, thing work over ethic. there compared to in Europe. <laughs> that is European fucking true. Ethic. Oh my God, Ooh. I love you guys so much. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite video that I watched about that was a, uh, was like a, what was it like a fucking youth hostel worker? Yes, where we work for like one half hour, two half hour, <laughs> then we take a break. <laughs> one half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so like it took me forever to show up to work and like, okay, well, you're gonna come today. We're gonna do all this work. And I show up and I'm like, great, I'm here. And they're like, yes, what, so how was your week? Do you want a coffee? I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> let's get to work. Are we working? Man. Oh, no, it's fine. Let's just have a coffee. Let's, what? Yeah, like. I, I got people I wanna have a coffee with. Not yeah. saying you're not one of them, but. But like, I'm here to do the work. Let's <laughs> let's do the work. Like, it's also like if you're in any um, like proper company in, 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 in Berlin or in Germany. I, and I don't believe this is, I, I didn't experience this in, Germ- in Germany, in Australia, but German companies, it's like the number of meetings, like face-to-face meetings that could be a short email you know the number like the number of um sort of training sessions that are like they're trying to bring people together but there's so many other issues in how they run everything but like it's all of this mm, all of this discussion of procedure when the system's like rotten and serious things need to be changed but they they want to talk about the processes but nothing's getting done like it's all this all this lip service to um sounding like they're improving things but you know and wasting your time by training you up in things that hey you could just send me a p like a short pdf i've got it like i don't need to spend an hour and a half listening to my colleagues explain the pdf i feel like you're describing nonprofits. i'm describing a lot of companies actually (laughs) like multiple like i'm talking from the education sector to yeah um 
to what's the other like sort of area that I've worked in gastronomy doesn't have the time or budget to waste time which is why I didn't you know which is fine um but uh education and then what was the other company I've worked in here um I also like just seeing these companies was it just education I guess I've only technically worked as a educator here but I've been an educator in bigger companies and seen how they use their time. Oh, I also yeah. worked at Mindspace. That's right. I worked at a co-working company as well, which is like quite heavy corporate. Yeah, I realized at some point in the my working life that there are really just companies that pe- have people who don't really want to be doing the job that they're doing, but make themselves useful by creating busy work like what you're describing oh, exactly exactly and the whole a lot of companies just stay working like 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 what are they actually doing you yeah know, like and i can't stand that shit no i don't like it i don't like it's just like a waste of i feel like it's just one of the many problems we have on this planet it's just wasting time i feel like and and i really did not get that have that same experience in australia of companies operating like that like there weren't, you know, time wasting meetings. Non profits. Uh, I'd never worked at a non profit in Australia. Um, <laughs> I only worked for profits. But uh, I worked at big companies like in, in insurance, in uh, consultancy, like environmental consultancy, in um, mm, what other fields? Uh, what else was there? There was something else. There were other things that I did, but it's all like, it was all like getting stuff done. There was no fucking time wasting. Yep. Anyway, I think, um, so the work ethic in Europe is just somehow different to Australia and the US. So anyway, you're saying that you think that your American um, work culture has impacted your... That, my parents as well. They just... family culture is a big one. You know, stick with it. Like they hated each other for 45 years and stayed married. I'm sure that had an impact on me. It was like Mm. an unnatural environment to be amongst two people that... Oh. Exactly. See, Google agrees. Google? Yeah. It's like ding, ding. Um, so having parents that reflect this uh, ethic of sticking with something even though it doesn't feel good emotion like yeah like like you get kind of used to feeling uncomfortable in an environment and you think that's normal Mm -hmm. so i i'm aware of that but it's sort of this like weird sticky situation because where do i go and how do i move on from here i'm 40 gonna be 41 in like two months and it's just at this point in my life, I'm sort of feeling like I can make smarter decisions, but I'm also not willing to start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when you move to a foreign country, you kind of have to start from the bottom. Not necessarily. In my experience, but I'm well, not very the, good at this. In the context <laughs> that you've done it in, absolutely. <laughs> but like I, I absolutely start like when I moved here, I started from the bottom. But I feel like if I were to move to another country now, I don't it wouldn't be starting at the bottom. In whatever industry, like in the industry that I would be moving over to do, I would already have, I would already be steps up. Yeah. It wouldn't be starting from the bottom. Yeah, I think and, I could do it smarter in that. Yeah, and I think that applies to, like, you are very established in what you do. I don't know if you're wanting to continue with carpentry or, you know, like... Um, handwork. Handwork. Um, if you're wanting to continue, but if you did continue with that, you've got a really thick CV and you've got a, you know, your website, you're updating your yeah. website with stuff and like you would be moving over with all those assets. So wherever that is. And I don't think that's starting from the bottom and you already have all the, you know, the knowledge and shit. So it's not yeah. starting from the bottom, but it's if that's what you're wanting to be doing. You do have to establish yourself in a new city, especially like going into someone's home and fixing things. There's a level of trust and it helps. Like a lot of my business right now is word of mouth. In fact, it's mostly all word mm-hmm. of mouth. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's the best way because you go into someone's house, you do something for them. Certain level of trust required, for sure. Yeah. And then they tell their friend, they're like, yeah, yeah, she was totally cool. She didn't steal anything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not even one thing. (laughs) And she even cleaned up after herself. She didn't even look at my expensive things. She just, she didn't even. She didn't even even comment on my flat screen She didn't even talk to me. She didn't even have a coffee with me. (laughs) She refused to have a coffee. Can you believe that? She just went straight to work. And she finished the job. Ah, she, oh, she looks so frustrated at the end, but she finished it. She finished it. She didn't smile once. Not even one time <laughs> until she left. She was like, "Tschüss." It's almost like she's lived in Germany. I don't know. I. Uh, I Best part about Germans, they love. <laughs> they love a goodbye. That's the only way they're good. They love a good ride, and they yeah they give you a hug and everything. They're not going to waste time smiling. <laughs> you know, like. Oh. Um, but yeah, but absolutely that first, like, uh, getting sort of being, um, a recognizable face in, in a marketplace. Definitely. Yeah. But like everything else. Takes a little bit of time. Of course. A little bit, but I wouldn't say that starting at the bottom is all I'm saying. And just in terms of like a, (laughs) an outlook thing, I think, I think that there's no way wherever you would go at this point, unless you needed to learn a brand new language, you wouldn't be starting anywhere near the bottom. It's just, Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So that's where it's at. That's where it's at. How to get out of the trap that I created for myself. <laughs> there's probably a, there's probably a trap door in the trap, you know, like I'm a carpenter, right? Like I probably Where's made your a drill? You can super like... sneaky way out. Yeah. yeah I just exactly. fucking saw a hole in the exactly. sidewall. That's, that's also very interesting. Just that that's your, that's how you're seeing it a little bit that you've trapped yourself. I mean, why would I want to live in an apartment? Why would I want to live in an apartment where like I have no fucking view of anything other than like some dirty ass hoof in mm-hmm. in uh and like never oh, yeah. have mm-hmm. never have sex because everyone yeah. thinks i'm a lesbian so let's t- well okay so let's talk about <laughs> and i'm this. not and i said and you know it's not easier to think could i just be a lesbian like my, my best friend was like why don't you just be a lesbian i'm like pretty sure it's not a choice oh my gosh okay so for listeners uh, and i haven't made that le- Angela Scrivani is not a lesbian but she damn well looks like one <laughs> okay first of all <laughs> They look like me. Let's get it straight. Let's get it straight. I'm pretty sure this 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 lesbian. I look was there. Started okay. when? When did this look? Two thousand and that was like two thousand three, four, five, somewhere in there. All the lesbians were like suddenly started cu- like cutting faux hawks into their hair. Honestly, I do remember there being like like cool rock stars in Australia in like the very like late nineties, early two thousands with your your kind of look. And they were not lesbians. Yeah, we were punk rockers. Yeah, fucking but, weirdo but fringe now people. It's, it's... Yeah, it's full blown, and it it's <laughs> it's just like. Have you heard fuck. Faye's bit? Faye Walsh has got a great little bit where she um, is it basically. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be ruining it, but just there. There is a certain <laughs> look that people who work at uh, German government offices have, have that. Is so similar to lesbians. Yeah, well, there's isn't there like a meme like German or lesbian? Exactly. Yeah, or like it's like East German service. Uh, service is a generous word. Uh, like cashiers, East German cashiers. Those women with the fucking dyed hair and like they've you know, they've just got a they've just got a yeah. like pretty lesbian haircuts, like just short and often an interesting dye job of sorts. And uh, yours isn't interesting, yours is good, but like, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting little, 
little thing uh, <laughs> particular to German German culture. That maybe that's one one thing that is nice about being here is like I blend in. You blend in as yeah. a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like a grumpy East German woman, but okay. okay yeah, true, true, true. True, 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 true. <laughs> okay, so, um, so do you feel like you get less penis because of how you look? In because Berlin? Because of your style. Like, do you think if yes. you changed your style completely, you would get more dick? I don't know. I probably not. No. Because <laughs> it's just, no, I don't, I have no idea. But then that starts like a whole Pandora's box of a conversation that like are men so fucking shallow that a woman has to dress and look a certain way for them to even find a woman attractive like when i'm naked i straight look like a woman there's no confusion like (laughs) you get a t-shirt with that on it when i'm naked i look like a woman (laughs) i'm very feminine i'm quite curvy but yeah you are you you know Um, no, it's not that you need to change. Like, I don't like I throw that out there like uh, I'm in. I think some men absolutely are. And if if someone doesn't like your style, they don't like you. So fuck them. You know what I mean? Like as in like, fuck, yeah. like they can fuck off. Um, <clears throat> there was a moment that I actually remember making kind of a distinct choice. I was a teenager. I mean, I think a lot happens when you're a teenager. You become hormonal and men were aggressive in Oakland. They were like, it was not fun to have the attention of men Mm. and they were like a little just aggressive I think is the best word and I'm not I'm a very gentle like delicate soft romantic like intimate type of person Mm -hmm. so I decided to um, just like do everything I could to not attract men I guess Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and the men that that had a more sensitive side I've noticed in my experience like through throughout my life with the partners that I have had they've been able to see me as a person yeah and to me that's what I'm looking for so Mm -hmm. no matter what I look like I still need to be seen by the person that I'm intimate with absolutely absolutely I'll often like if I'm often you know I wear some different things like I don't always wear like girly things like there are times where I'm wearing like a baggy t-shirt baggy jeans and like sneakers and that's and it always like when I get like unwanted attention like like a bit of aggressive attention from men when i'm dressed like that i'm like come on man i've I've put effort into not getting your attention like like give me a break i'm 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 having a chill day like what are you doing you know like don't you see i'm on i'm on i'm off today were you ovulating though because those pheromones apparently i'm always ovulating (laughs) i might add that to my new bit about it Ah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm always ovulating. I uh, discharge queen. No, I um <laughs> But um but yeah, you do not want children or you do want kids and you're Absolutely just... do not want children. Absolutely do not. And do ha- not. since when did you know you don't want kids? Well, since when did you make like you feel that and it stayed the same? Cuz it can change. It can change. <laughs> I want to say I was like 10. And my aunts described to me how babies are made. Okay, and then you were like... And prior to that, my grandmother had 10 kids. And I was like... She actually had... She had eight kids that... She had 10 kids, but eight of them lived. And okay, I, wow. And I didn't know that at the time. So I had made the goal of having more kids than her. I wanted to have 10 kids. I was like, I'm going to have 10 kids when I grow up. And then at some point, one of my aunts actually described to me how kids are birthed. And I was like, fucking that's fucked up. No, I'm not you learned that, that at 10. 
Yeah, but very fucking U.S. <laughs> I think it was about that age. Yeah, 10, 11, 12. I don't know. Like my family, I have, I have, um, I have six aunts. By the way, I think I I think I probably got very early educated in uh, child like in in sex and birth. Uh, whether or not that's normal and whether or not 10 is late, I, I think 10 is fine actually. But like, I'd probably want my kids to know more around seven that this is like, that that's how the body, like it's all of these things are for. Yeah, I had but, no idea. And I was like, that's, and I looked down at my vagina, like what the fuck? Like a whole baby's got to come yeah. out of there. That was my first. And then after that, it's just observing, like I had aunts that I w- was close with mm-hmm. that were in my life and then they got married and had kids and they were no longer in my life. And mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that the... You didn't... They weren't still connected to the family though with their children and... For sure. Kind of- like I'd see them at family functions, but they would be like staying at my house, which mm-hmm. was more interesting to me mm-hmm. to have like an aunt visit for several days because she can yeah. than for me to see them like for a few hours on a holiday. Yeah, true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they disappeared and rightfully so. Like they had kids. They had, a, they had to uh, raise them. And I just like observed. I had a lot of opportunity to observe cousins and aunts uh, have babies and become a different person. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I observed was that the men were fucking trash. No, that's not okay. Let me say that a better so way. So it was all, it was all um, aunties. <laughs> my my uncles married. are great. Okay. My uncles are great. <laughs> my male cousins are great. Okay. I love them all. Um, I just there's a lot of tradition in my family. They're mm-hmm. Italian and Lebanese, and the women are in the kitchen, and the men sit there and get served. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, I hate that shit so deeply. I know. I have a couple cousins that don't do that. I have a couple cousins that definitely participate, but the uncles, it's rare to have an uncle that participates. And I just felt like if I can't find a man that understands this is a co-creative thing, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to birth a baby and I need you to be in the game with me. Like, not like I'm gonna do this magical thing. Like, no, you're you're present for the process mm-hmm. and, and supporting the fact that I'm carrying yeah, our child. Yeah, I happen to be the house, but you need to support the house. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna. If I'm hungry, you're feeding me. You know, you're yeah. like, and I and I have some gentleman cousins that provide that like warmth and support that a woman needs when she's you know growing a human inside of her. Mm-hmm. And then after that. Once the baby comes out, you got to recognize, like, that's it. Your life is this child. Yes. And a lot of the men that I attracted um, wanted a traditional woman. (laughs) Really? Or, yeah, like, yes. I'm actually trained to be a traditional woman. It might surprise you. I'm very, I'm an excellent traditional. I can put a baby to sleep. No problem. I'm not surprised by, like, I'm... I surprised myself by being able to be, I'm not sure if I say traditional, but I can, like, I'm very maternal and um, good with kids. And uh, I will cook for the person, the man that I love constantly. And, uh, but like, I do want balance. So it's like, hey, you, you cook sometimes. And, and, and I do like, I, yeah, it's just like, I'll, I have a natural instinct for going, oh, well, I did this. Can you do that? And da da da. Yeah, that. The yeah. balance is yeah. so important to me to have balance yeah. in my relationship. Yeah. So I just said, fuck it. I don't have time for this. I'd <laughs> I'd rather focus on what can I do instead of like, what can my child do? Because it's this classic thing where people are like, well, you could birth the next fill in the blank, whoever you think oh, is amazing. Oh, that's such a ridiculous 
Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you live your life and whatever yeah. children you bring into the world, cool, cool, but, like, you're not going to get credit for birthing someone that the becomes... The next... More. No. Yeah, and and no woman's ever done it, so... At least in my family. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So I'm like, what happens when these powerful, badass women that I am... Comp- like, that I came from, like, the women in my family... They are the family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the men that run the family, it's the women. Mm-hmm. And they're powerful, outspoken, educated, just strong women. Mm-hmm. What happens if they don't have a kid? What can they do in the world then? That mm-hmm. was my... That, okay, so that's what all of this, observing all of this, you're like, well, what if we don't have a kid? Yeah. And so then what's our place in the world? And... We're lonely and depressed. <laughs> no, when, are you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> everyone, no, but everyone is... is lonely and depressed with or without children. You know what I mean? Like having kids does not stop the depression and certainly doesn't stop the sense of loneliness. Like you can feel the most lonely in the world when you're surrounded by family. It's true. It was a joke, but also there is there is this weird thing that I struggle with constantly. And maybe you want kids, though. I want kid. If I have kids, that'll be surprising. But like, I want I want to have a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's this like thing that I have where my body is like, bitch. This is the only thing we here for. And and then my mind is like, but we got all these other ideas. So I I feel like I definitely have this like it's like unnatural to not have a baby. Yeah, you feel you feel like your body wants it but your mind's like ah yeah, I know my body wants it yeah, because yeah. when I ovulate it gets insane like I'll the the close it's how I know. I feel like I should just walk up to men and be like just so you know you're fertile cuz my body really wants you right now. Interesting. Okay, so you think that bodies can sense other bodies that are fertile? Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're only we're only wanting to fuck people that we're when we're ovulating if they are like our our body will only want to fuck people that are fertile. I think I don't know. I don't know if they only want to fuck people that are fertile. But I do have my own theory from experience that the individuals I've been attracted to make no sense for any other reason than they're fertile. Ouch. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> it's the only time only Turkish men you like Because you're very raw, motherfucker. Like, uh, far out. That's great. Well, I mean, hey, there's probably a lot of people out there listening right now, like, um, wondering, is that the only reason? Is that the only reason I'm I've been fucked? Person? Or... I, um, yeah, I always like, cause I track my, do you track your period? Yes. Yeah. I, um, I always like looking back and seeing when it says like I'm hardcore ovulating and so often on that day, like <laughs> something crazy's happened. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It happened so many times with me mm. that I like, if I'm ovulating, I know I'm like, okay, you're going out and you're ovulating. Mm-hmm. And one of my really good friends, he's a good friend now, but he was like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, fuck off. You're cute. And I'm ovulating. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I said it like immediately. I was like, don't because you're fucking really cute right now. <laughs> and you're like, hey, what are you doing? And that just, no, just don't. This you is not going to end well. No, right. Let's stay friends. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely am very careful with that, like not going, yeah, like uh, there's been a few moments where, there's been lots of moments, but like I'm getting better at, uh, for example, with exes or people that you just want to not, 
you want to keep it as it is like friends yeah. exes whatever and there'll be a moment you're just like <clears throat> nope, I'm going home. Exactly. Or like, <laughs> I'm going to talk to that person over there. Let's uh, let's do that now. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I get unhinged. Mm. It's fucked up, yeah. really. Yeah, oh, no, it's I'm, not I'm, fun. I'm getting better. At just like, <laughs> yeah, I made a rule for myself. Uh, like, yeah, like, like, just. It's less of a specific rule. The rule was don't go back to anyone that you've actually broken up with, and I've managed to hold to that rule pretty steadfast. For about a year now, uh, I think last summer was the last time I did it where I reached out to someone that I'd ended things with and we, we caught up, we hooked up, we meet up like two days later and I ended again and he's just fucking heartbroken and I was like, okay, this is the lesson and I already had it as like a loose thing, but like, yeah, but mm-hmm. also like, also just the other element to it is just like, trust your gut. Like, and more and more, it's like, trust your gut. And I'm one, and I think this also ties into your stuff. It's like this whole sense of obligation, but really only do stuff that you feel good about in your guts. You know, if you have a bad feeling about something and you'll often, there's often situations where the context makes it very difficult. You might be in some kind of high pressure intensity environment situation where, you know, you don't have the objectivity, you know, um, to, to see things. But like when you've got the space and time and sort of normal ish circumstances, trusting your gut is like, we just need to practice this more and more and more. Like it's, yeah, this is an interesting way of, I want to talk about human design. Mm -hmm. Have we ever talked about human design? Uh, you're not saying that God designed us, right? What the fuck? Did, I didn't say God design. Just check it. <laughs> I'm just checking. So tell us about Jesus human design. design. Jesus uh, design. Yeah. No, I said human design. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you do. You, what about astrology? How do you feel about astrology? I um, I like to think about astrology and enjoy it as much as like, you know, anything that's kind of. That, that does big sort of generalizations about people and, and right. stuff. But like, I enjoy it and I know it quite well. Okay, um, let me ask a different question. But I, I am a different quite, way? I'm still, like, I like it, but I'm still very skeptical, but I still enjoy it. Like, I enjoy it, but I don't um, believe, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's fun and it can give me a sense of hope or it can give me a, a nice little like, it's like a lot of like a lot of religions or whatever. It's like, it's it's got good insights and it can be very helpful, but I don't, believe in it in it like Like, in it like it's truth yeah okay so let me ask it a different way do you believe that the stars moon sun planets have an influence on us in an energetic way i don't know i don't know i don't i don't believe in it but i'm not saying it doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't but i'm not um yeah like i think it does i think that the stars planets every everything everything's connected Definitely. I, yeah. I believe that. So that means that we're connected to the stars and we're connected to the planets. Mm-hmm. And when they have they have their own energy, like what I was describing when I go into someone's house and if they've been frustrated about something, I'll pick up on that frustration energy if I'm not careful. Within comedy, everything's about energy and like yeah. the way energy moves between people within a room and also you commanding the room, how your energy will then influence everyone. So definitely on that. Yes. Yeah. So human design and astrology is kind of like trying to create a chart based on when you're born that says this is the energy you came in with. Mm-hmm. But the stars are constantly moving, so your energy is constantly being influenced. Mm-hmm. 
And human design, I find to be, for me, easier to understand. And they, this particular modality gives you an idea of like, what's the best way for you to make decisions? Because you just said, mm -hmm. follow your gut. Mm -hmm. And some people, that's true based on human design. And some people, like in my case, I have to feel good, but actually I just have to feel neutral. So however I feel about something is how it's going to be if I do it. Mm -hmm. So like if you invite me to dinner on Tuesday and then I feel like a spike of anxiety for the next three days over this idea of going to dinner with you on, what did I say? Then it's going to be anxious. It's going to be an anxious dinner. Yeah, absolutely. But then you could ask me a week later and I could feel really good about it. And it's all contextual based on whatever else is happening. And to, yeah, to, which is there's so much mm -hmm. shit happening that's Definitely. outside of my control that I have to, like you're saying, follow your gut, follow your feeling, follow your, like, listen to your own discernment exactly. it, to know what the decision is for you based on these exactly. things that you can't control. Exactly that. So just, you know, like, listen to how you feel about something and, and listen to it and then yeah. take action on it. Like, not like you always have to feel good with everything. Like, ah, you might be scared about setting an, sitting an exam. Doesn't mean you don't do it because you're scared about it, right? But it's yeah. like, it's just in terms of like um, sensing danger, sensing something that you're feeling anxious about. If the prospect of doing dinner with someone does make you feel anxious, understanding why. And then if it's just, I'm not feeling good about it, then not doing it. Yeah, just because don't do it. Why do it if you, yeah. you don't, if it's, if it's creating this thing, if it's anxious, if you're anxious because you need to, you know, other context, if you're, if it's anxious, if you're anxious because, you know, you need to apologize and there's been a problem and, but actually like the anxiety is because you care and, you know, like maybe there's like other context, then that's a different, you know, a different reason to decide to, to do it, even though it feels uncomfortable because, you know, it's some kind of reconciliation or like, it's all so heavily laden with the context, but... Um, yeah, that's discernment. That's like exactly. trial and error, something that you learn over time. You yeah. just realize, like for me at least, that's what it's been. Yeah. Trial and error, like we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just... I just try things and yeah. then I after the fact like you know smart people are like well why'd you do that I'm like I don't fucking know I just <laughs> wanted to see <laughs> yeah, I also I also like and see everything there is to see that's uh, yeah I just wanted to see I just was curious I also while um, trusting your gut while listening to your gut because don't put yourself in danger that's the well yeah. of course yeah, yeah. Um, I learned along the way that there everything's a lie <laughs> not every like just don't don't trust just because somebody told you something is true doesn't mean it's true. Oh, that's, uh, you know, that's one of my big lessons that I learned circa 2017 was that I will only have opinions on things that I've had direct exactly. contact with and I will not listen to other people's opinions on things. I will, I will listen, but that's not going to determine my opinion on something. Yeah, you can take it into consideration like, oh, this mm. person, and then when you do it, you'd be like, yeah, they did say that. Yeah. Um, but I've had so many of these personal experiences with things and I've had people have their experience of my experience trying to tell me how it should have been. And like the biggest lesson for me is just to not listen to another person's opinion about how I live my life. And I think that mm -hmm. so many people give opinions about how somebody else does things mm -hmm. that they should just shut the fuck up and focus on themselves. Absolutely. Uh, giving opinions on like, yeah, um, on how people should live. Is, like, yeah, we're all out here just... That, you don't fucking know. There's no place for that. Um, it's like giving advice. It's like the when I talk about the that's the whole like trust your gut. Like that's a thing with that I think is just so lacking in 
social education for very much for women. I don't know about what, like I can't speak for men, but just the number of situations that because we are high risk, like because female or female presenting people are high risk because of the way the world is <laughs> organized, um, learning to trust your gut and like going, Oh, this guy's actually going to hurt me right. or, you know, seeing red flags, yeah. um, like, yeah, the, the trust your gut thing is obviously not how you should live your life, but just a, a um, something that we need to really do. Yeah, <laughs> to, I agree. To be okay. Like the, All I was inserting was that maybe it's the feeling that's more important than what your gut is saying and you need time. Like when you're saying if you're in a high pressure situation, I was thinking I try to avoid high pressure situations so that I don't have to make decisions when I'm feeling uncomfortable. I like to feel calm and take my time with decisions. So if I'm yes. in a situation where someone's like, I need your answer now, then I go, I'm sorry, it's a no. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I my need time. To- totally. And um, and being able to say, hey, I, like, I don't need, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. answer now or I'm not going to take a decision. And, and that's always, that's also a decision to not make the decision. Yeah. Um, Which is a hard decision when you're <laughs> an American and you're like, go, go, go. Oh, you, it's a no. I'm never asking you again. Like absolutely. you could lose the next opportunity. Absolutely. Um, specifically when I was thinking of a high pressure situation was, I was specifically thinking about like Edinburgh Fringe. There you <laughs> and go. It was like, yeah. the, the, when you're in this like crazy, like it's only two weeks of your life or a month of your life and it's like, right. blah, 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 blah. and so you're in this pressure cooker and so making, you're making lots of quick decisions. But you prepared for that pressure cooker months in yeah. advance. So you know, Definitely. okay, I'm going into like it's production. I've done production for yeah. 20 years, and it's the same thing every time you produce any show. The thing that goes wrong is not going to be the thing you prepared for. Oh yeah. So you just have to be prepared for the unexpected. Yeah, and then yeah, just that that high intensity thing of also like yeah, in terms of like the community and everyone that you're around, not just the production level, but also the personal life that goes on yeah. within that is. But I wanted to go into the the sort of trusting your gut or listening to how you feel about things, if that's a better terminology than trusting your gut. Um, and just because like, yeah, like the number of times um, I have not seen red flags right. that I should have and yeah. I felt something and yet I so like there's this thing of like um what you're saying like never trusting someone else's opinion of things and never and like and hearing hearing something is different to really witnessing behavior in someone so someone telling you what they've done yes, in the past that and then other people having um maybe having opinions about this person but then this person also telling you what they've done and then you are with them and you don't and you get a feeling about this stuff but because you haven't because that's their past right. and because it's other people's opinions, you go, oh, I don't know yet, but you've got this feeling that you probably should listen mm, to, yeah. but you're like, but I don't want to judge based on other people's opinions and based on judge. your past. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's also like- Not an advocate of judging. But no, but, but feeling- like, moment. You have your own judgment. Yeah, and there's this balance between like yeah, there's this I like balancing this this great lesson of only trusting your own experience with someone, but also hey, you've had this gut feeling about something that they've told you. Listen to that. Yeah, listen to that. And uh, yeah, and so the fast, I'm getting better at doing that. But um, I mean, I feel like those are just hard life lessons. That's just like life. You know, we yeah, we there. Just like buying the internet, you know, like you could go out and buy something and someone's going to try and convince you to do something other than what you think is good for you. 
It's yeah. like constant. There's constant. Your yeah, parents constant, try and talk you into doing things right. that you don't think is good for you. There's so, yeah, it's not just a matter of like, because it's, it is like, just just listen to how you feel inside. But then you've got all these outside forces that are trying yeah. to Influence push you in their exactly. pref- preferred direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think so it's it is, one it of is, the hardest things to do in life is to be be clear about this is me this is what i want this is my space this is my feelings mm-hmm. and you even get impacted by the feelings of others like because we're all connected so if you're not like aware of your own field mm-hmm. and who you are that's one an, on a positive note <laughs> <laughs> about berlin it has given me the space because i'm so fucking isolated here it's given me the space to understand what that is me too yeah me too i um yeah like i've never been so isolated in my like i was i was kind of reflecting on that like for the first time riding my bike this week just like how in australia i only ever felt lonely or depressed right when i was at a bad point in a romantic relationship all other times i felt very connected because i was very connected whereas in berlin this has been the part of my life where I've really had all of this space yeah. and distance. And like, yes, I've had community, but like finding a community and new community takes a while. And then you don't have any family here. And then, um, you know, you've still got all these people around you that want you in their life or around for, you know, maybe conflicting motiv- motivations or whatever. Oh, yeah, that. The energy vampires mm-hmm. of it, Berlin. Absolutely. Or just, like, <laughs> or just like mismatched community, you know, people who just yeah just it, it, it's not it's not right for i well i think it can be a out. desperate place like there's mm. not uh it's it's easy to be broke here and mm-hmm. it's almost dangerously easy like you become comfortable in the broke and then all of a sudden you're like wait fuck i can't pay for anything and i don't know how to get a job and if a lot of a lot of people in the comedy community mm-hmm. they don't have visas they have a certain type of visa mm-hmm. that they have to work in a certain field of work mm-hmm. so it becomes this like desperate thing easily that, that can yeah that can definitely definitely come to play here um i don't have that issue i don't have that issue either i've definitely <laughs> i've definitely hit into you know like per, like the peripheries of circles where that's happening yeah um but um yeah you can <clears throat> see it it's big yeah. it's like kind of i we don't have that as much in oakland mm-hmm. like it's at least I'm not directly connected to it, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe it's because I grew up there. So I'm more oh, connected. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here I see it all the time and I had to kind of pull myself away. Maybe that's another reason why I isolate is just like the quality of people and their desire to have whatever I have. Mm-hmm. There's, there's that. I, I don't, um, I haven't needed to distance myself too much from people, but it's the fact that I am, all those other circumstances of being away from family, carving out your own life, no, um, yeah, like no family to fall back on, no old connections to fall back on. And you're really carving out your own existence here on your terms. Mm -hmm. And so that naturally involves quite a lot of solitude. When you moved here, did you know that you wanted to do comedy? No. No. So that was part of your carving process. Like, why Mm -hmm. did you move here? I moved here because I knew that I would be able to develop my creativity here. And I moved here to develop my creativity. I thought it was going to be in music. It is in music as well, but I didn't expect comedy to come out. But it's an economy where I could, I moved here to work less. 
Mm. So I moved here because I was like, you know what? Rent's so cheap. Cost of living so cheap. I'll be able to work sort of part time. And eventually I managed to secure that um, work life balance. But eventually work part time work like the goal was to get a job where I could work 20 hours a week and give the rest of the week to my creative pursuits, regardless of whether or not that would make me money. It was just I want to have a creative life. And that's that's why I moved here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And then um, the creative thing that you thought you would do isn't really the creative thing you're doing, but you do it. But sort I do of. it still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm still making music. I'm making music more than I ever made in my life, and made an album. Well, that's something. And uh, and you know and acted like actively making music. Yes, that is happening. Um, I did not expect to become a full time artist. Mm. I in the back deep. Deep down, I was like, oh, that would be cool. But like never thought that that was where this was going. Um, it really was a, hey, I can have a good, healthy life, creative life, work balance in this country and um, and have that proximity to the rest of Europe. And that was it. So when the carving, the carving process that you're talking about that you were having where your family and your friends aren't so close and you had to kind of create a new world for yourself. Mm-hmm. It maybe wasn't around the fact that it sounded like you were very focused, like I'm moving here to be creative. Mm-hmm. But what was it that you had to create in the realm of like family and friends? Yeah, usually I'd say um, through all the different workplaces I found myself in, those were my families. And then um, very few people from all those families, so work families, very few people have stayed with me through that. Mm. Um, and also the friends that I had when I moved here you know, not really a part of my life much at all. And so it was really, um, yeah, just like moving from community to community to find people that I'm really, I'm really aligned with. And yeah, like uh, cutting off, cutting off friendships when it was like, oh, this is, this is not good. And um, there was a lot of love relationships as well that put me in contact with people. And it was really when I found the comedy community. By then it had already been two years, but then once I really established myself in the comedy community, three years, then it like really established, started producing and whatever after doing it a year. That was when I really felt like I, I had more of a community, but it's really only been like, I'm seven and a half years here. It's really only been in the last two years that I have really felt like I've met the people that are my strongest community, like, and, and solidified the relationships that pre-existed as well. But the last two years I've really built and like invested in the people that I love and yeah, that are my community here. So yeah, it's, take, it's a, it it's a long yeah. process. It takes time. And that's spending like, most of my time here. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, it takes me like 10 years to get close to somebody and I've done the math on several people. And I'm like, that's really fucking long time. But that is a long time. It just sort of is that it's like a 10 year sort of like you, you kind of see somebody over time and then you start having dinner with them maybe. And then maybe you do something, maybe you go on a vacation. My really close friends, the people that are like my, my, my best friends mm-hmm. I've known for like 10 years. Yeah, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't do best friends or? No, I do best friends. I do do best friends. You don't Um, do 10 years. I don't do 10 years. No, I don't do 10 years. (laughs) My oldest. Let's see. How many more years do we have? (laughs) Yeah. My best. Yeah. (laughs) You got months, baby. (laughs) Um, My my oldest friend, uh, she um, and I met in 2007. So we, that's 10 years. Yeah, it's yeah. more than 10 years. It's, it's, it's up to 15, 16 years now. Um, 
yeah, like I'm not feeling very close with her right now and I've actually had to take a big break from her because uh, mm. it hasn't felt healthy. And I've wondered for how long that friendship has actually left me with bad feelings right. than good feelings because of a sense of history and, you know, shared history. Yeah. How long, how long have I actually not been feeling good about myself with this person? Right. And, and being you've, honest. you've changed. That's, that's a big part of maybe why it's hard to hold on to friends for longer than 10 years is because we change as people. We change. Moving to a foreign country, you change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have to know that much about you to know that you're probably not the same person that you were. Honestly, I don't feel like, I feel like how you live changes less who you are. You think so? Yeah. You don't think, like, I'm, you've I don't expressed think yourself differently as a person since no, you've been no, in Berlin? No, I think like, I think like I've annoyed this friend for the last 17 years oh. with how I am. You know what I mean? Like, well, like I've changed she likes it, but she doesn't, like she likes it sometimes and then she's annoyed with like yeah like uh yeah so i feel like um i don't feel like i've ch I've changed i feel like my lifestyle's changed and what i will what kind of like shared the shared values the like theoretically values don't change but i think your understanding of your values gets clearer and so um yeah right. and so i think that's that's what happens right that like space of this is me and this is how i act in the world these are my feelings my thoughts my ideas mm -hmm. yeah and these are my priorities and this is how I want to treat people and I think and this is how I want to be treated mm. because this is how I treat people and I think that my clarity um, of that has sharpened to the point where I'm like oh this friendship I don't think is actually healthy for me and I don't feel good yeah I here. think that's like wisdom you know, time, mm. you change mm. as a person and you like grow well, up if, and you start to see like, oh, I don't have to but be friends. But gaining wisdom is, equates to you changing as a person? I think, yeah. When you have wisdom, you change with that wisdom. You become wise, like I don't have to be friends with everybody. Mm. Like when you're 11, let's say, you're a teenager, mm. you like want to be I mean, I wanted to be friends with people. I wanted to have friends. Mm -hmm. And whoever was willing to be my friend, I would be friends with them. Mm -hmm. But then as I got older, I was like, actually, I shouldn't just be friends with anybody that wants mm -hmm. to be friends with me. I should be a little more discerning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about who I'm having as a friend. Definitely. That's wisdom. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it's wisdom. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I would articulate it as you changing is like getting wisdom as you changing, but yeah, you're, you're changing in your, in how you run your life, like how you manage Something it. Something changes. Yeah. So talk to me about Berlin men. I want to always changing. What's always changing? Everything. Everything. Absolutely. Impermanence, baby. Impermanence. Um, <laughs> tell me about Berlin men. So like, what's the, what is your, what is your hot take or cold take, cold, sad, burnt, <laughs> shitty piece of coal in the corner take, but like, what's, yeah. Give it to us, Berlin dating. Oh God! You know I'm probably the worst person to ask about that because I don't actually okay, so date. But in you Berlin. stopped dating because because of my trash experiences with the yeah. men. Yeah. Well, I got pregnant twice off a of precum. That's crazy. It's fucked up. Actually, it's no fun. <laughs> That's no fun. So it's not. It's no fun. And these were uh, pregnancies. It was that the you've, same person you've... that I had sex with, and he was like, "Oh, let me just stick it in for a second. You know, one of those. And I got pregnant. So I don't fuck around anymore. Like I ha I got the IUD and then I was like, I don't want the IUD anymore. 
So now I have to have sex only with men that take it seriously, that understand yeah. that you can't just stick your dick in for a second. And you have yeah. to use a condom. You have to use a condom. I yeah. like, I, yeah, like partners that don't, I, there's, there's something, it's like, dude, that should be the first call and you don't have a right to take that decision. Exactly. It's both of us here. Yeah. Like I've had so many partners, so many partners that are like, ah, and then it's like, fuck, we're not, we're not using a condom and you're inside me. And that's just now yes. where I'm at. I'm like, it's violating. That is fucking disrespectful. Like, yeah. they don't see it as, as they don't see it like that. But it's like that's they, not your decision to make. To. And you can't just go inside me without it. Like the pre, the pre, um, not the pre cum, but the 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 kind of uh, what's the word? Like the default setting is you you only come inside me with a you only inside me with a condom. Yeah, you go in inside me without a condom. You've got to ask for permission for that. Like, yeah. if we're fucking around and you're going to go, you need to have it. Exactly. It's actually violating. Yeah, absolutely. And that happened to me here in Berlin. This guy did exactly that. And I was like, whoa, did you just stick your dick in me without a condom on? Like, we don't even fucking know each other. We just yeah. hung out tonight for the first mm -hmm. time. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, oh, sorry. But no, no, but <laughs> I, I forgot. What? But this, this is, is so the, common. This what? is so common. Oh, you think I'm an idiot? So I was like, listen, we got to stop. And I, he was like, what? You're crazy. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I said, oh, I'm crazy now. Okay. And I went to the bathroom and like tried to like clean myself and put my clothes on. And I was like, I'm leaving. And he's like, I can't believe you're leaving. Don't leave. And I was like, we've got nothing else happening here. Like you completely disrespected me over some fucking, I don't know why you did that, but you did. And there's nothing more for me to do here. Like it's a wrap. We're done. Mm -hmm. You showed me who you are. Well done for a re the number of times the guys have done that. And I'm just like, ah. Well, there were times before that. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I was ovulating and mm -hmm. I got pregnant off of that Fuck. kind of behavior in the past. So now I've got to be stressed out about yeah. am I going to get pregnant? And he's like, you're, you're crazy. I've never gotten anybody pregnant, which is what the guy who got me pregnant said. Um, so... You know, I just got really intolerant of this like yeah. sloppy behavior. Yeah. So I, I had, I haven't had sex. <laughs> and I also kind of reached this point where I don't want to be the person that's responsible for birth control anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a two way street. Mm -hmm. All you've done is put one sperm in me mm -hmm. and you have to be responsible for that. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. I can't be responsible for your fucking slippery ass sperm. Like you have to be responsible for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I feel like if I'm going to have sex with a man, he has to have a visectomy because I mm -hmm. don't want kids. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a visectomy, your head's not in the game. Like you just are out there. Maybe one day you want kids. It angers me the number of times I'll ask an audience, you know, who here wants kids? And then I'll actually specifically ask them, and do you want kids? And they're like, no. And then I'm like, are you getting a vasectomy? And they're like, no. And I'm like... You're saying with such certainty you don't want children and yet you haven't even considered taking responsibility for that. Like, and then all, all the men that might be listening will be like, oh, human vasectomies are, they're not necessarily reversible. And it's like, if you know you don't want kids. Yeah, why do you need it to be reversible? Exactly. And, yeah. and why should it be our responsibility to, if you know you don't want kids? Yeah, do it. It's a routine procedure. And if you're after 35 as well, like, or if, if you're in your 40s, like, and you know you don't want kids, fucking do it like yeah 
Yeah. A it's lot of men in my job. life actually have vasectomies. Oh, wow. But they're like married or in okay. relation. Like my father mm-hmm. has one. He's had one since. Yeah, my dad you had know. one. It, to me, like I grew up in that environment where yeah, if you know you don't want kids anymore, you get a vasectomy. Yeah. It's way easier on yeah. everybody. This is also part of my culture as yeah. well. Like my dad did it. My my um, step. I'm pretty sure my stepdad did it. It's like if you're done, you're done. Like yeah. take responsibility. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, I I also stopped taking birth control pretty much as, as soon as I arrived here. Like within, I used up my last pill packets and then it was like, I'm not going to a doctor for a script. Yeah. And went through the process and, and haven't used any birth control except for uh, plan B's. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been here for one of those. <laughs> you have been here for one yeah. of those. You were, that was loft bed building time. Oh man, those fucking cunts coming and like just fucking me without a condom, and it's like I can't dude. do it. I just can't do it. And also, condoms break. Weird shit happens. Oh, like the number of times I've taken Plan B simply because a condom broke. Yeah, like it hasn't been because some fuckwits like pre cam or it, like there's been so many instances where I probably should have taken Plan B and yeah. didn't. But it's yeah. only been when a condom's broken or like they've actually come inside me and yeah, it's like yeah 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 well, yeah condoms break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that men dramatically underestimate the level of stress that a woman experiences wondering if she's going to get pregnant and then yeah. getting pregnant and having to deal with that. Yeah. And I realize like the same as before where I have to find a man who's willing to participate in the relationship mm-hmm. in an equal way. Yeah. That's to me a key indication. Like yes. I'm 41 or not 41. I'm actually 40. You're 40. I'm 40. I'm going to be 41 in like two months. I don't have When's time for this again? shit. November 22nd. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> you did? Yeah. And like I knew it as soon as I asked. I was like, it's November 22nd. Um, We've weird. gone telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> we must be bleeding at the same time too. Um, that's so funny because yeah, like a good friend of mine. Yeah. I found out like I made, I made a new friend who I meant to get to know for a long time, but we finally became friends. And his birthday's on the 19th of November. And then this other friend, his birthday's on the 20th of November. 19th November 20th. I'm the 17th. And then you're the 20th. I need a 21st. And I know, I know no, I'm the 22nd. We got to find a 21st. Yeah, we got to find a 21st. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I know, I've, I've known 18th, but I don't think they're, they're not in my life anymore. But yeah. But that makes you, that still makes you a Scorpio, right? Or I'm a zero degree Sagittarius. Zero degree, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought it was the twenty. By like the... two hours, three hours. The yeah. cutoff is like noon, and I was born at three p.m. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um. So you're turning forty-one. Yeah, I'll be turning thirty-seven. Yeah, I just don't have to have. I I I always get myself off masturbating, and it's only for like a Hold two on, how, day that was an period. Interesting job. What? It's only for a two-day period that I dramatically want a dick, and that's just when I'm ovulating. So. Okay, so I, I just kind of reached the point where I was just like, I don't have time for this shit. Like, there's other things that are important. And there's been so many times in my life when I've had a boyfriend that they influenced me to make decisions that weren't correct for me. And I just kind of, I just was like fed up. Yeah. You know, might be another reason why I'm in Berlin because I'm not attracted to almost any man here. It's uncanny. Like, I've never lived in a, <laughs> it's really like, I've never lived in a city where I'm just like, yeah, these men are all trash. All of them. I don't have, I don't have an attraction. Like when I, and when I am attracted to a man, like he's never, it's never reciprocated. Yeah. Or if it is, they're intimidated. This whole man being intimidated by me thing is also like tired. Yeah. You know, what are you intimidated by? That I I want you to come correct? Like, what is it? I just want you to 
tell the truth and be an honest, nice person? Is that is that into, is that what's intimidating about? If it? a dude ever says that he's I intimidated by you? you, it's just like then you're a tiny piece of shit. Like like actually intimidated yeah like, like what are we doing here like if Why? you if you feel a little bit intimidated you can feel it but to say that you're intimidated it's like what am i supposed to do with that yeah who am i supposed oh, to am be? i supposed to be gentle with you exactly. now am i supposed to like what yeah like if you're intimidated do the work yourself and figure mm-hmm. out how you, if you want to interact with me then yeah. do figure the work it out. yeah yeah um i have another friend who is very young i think she's 26 yeah, we're, I'm 10 years older than her, and um, she. I worked at the kindergarten with her. She's fucking great, but she also just doesn't date in Berlin. Like, after being here for, I think she's been here for maybe four years, three years. Yeah. She's just like, no, I'm just not. I'm just, I'm. Yeah. all men here are trash, and I've only had bad experiences, and they're it's, just shit. Like, it's fucking true, man. Like, every once in a while you meet one, but then there's probably something completely off about them i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know like uh, i've had a lot of dating success you here. have you have feel like we just have maybe we have different you go for the young boys maybe that's i do go problem. well they don't i my like my my ex from my the last guy that called me his girlfriend was 40 oh wow. yeah but um i would say that that was one of the worst red flag ignore Ooh. ignoring i've ever done in my life and uh and like, I would not say that that like, yeah, I would. I'm not gonna be in contact with that person because that person scares me, and uh, and I'm not, you know, one of those sensitive snowflakey. Oh, I don't feel safe, but I genuinely don't feel safe around this person. So like, not a good example of uh, good quality dating men oh, in I Berlin. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like ma- massively blinded. Like, did not see how f- horrific the red flags were there. Mm. Um, and uh, but then like. I have dated lots of other good people and, yeah. and like really good people like and stable people and kind, warm-hearted and intelligent and physically attractive. Like, yeah, the last few years I've actually dated some really good people. It just hasn't worked out, hasn't been the right, the right fit. Yeah. So I don't know. Like there has been lots of younger ones, but the, the person that I see now is definitely the youngest person I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I talk to you, you're like, yes, I'm dating this young man. I don't think it's the first one. No, but this person I've been seeing for a long time now. Like, we've been seeing each other since April. But, like, met in February. Like, this is the longest running. A long time. It was like April, May, June, July, August, September. Six months. Yeah. I haven't seen someone for more than six weeks (laughs) since 2018, dude. I'm not even joking. Like, uh, this is the longest relationship I've had. Like, and like, we're not calling each other boyfriend, girlfriend. We're calling each other like our, our people and like, but you know, we're each other's main partners and it's, yeah, it's, it's open because that makes sense to me. But, um, but yeah, so it's like six months. We've been seeing each other for six months, which is amazing. Uh, but he is the youngest person I've ever, like the biggest age gap I've ever had. Mm. Um, and yes, the last few years, I'd say the last, since 2018, to yeah the last uh, two that's five years they've all there's been a few people that are my age a few people that are a couple of years younger than me and then there's been maybe 10 guys that are around the 25 26 27 mark yeah yeah there's been no men for me (laughs) (laughs) but you don't but you're you're absolutely emotionally close to it and you're yeah very recently i've been more intrigued with the idea of it but i'm i'm 
I like maybe one of the reasons I'm like, okay, maybe it's time to leave Berlin because because <laughs> it's like love's important. When I'm in New York City, for example, it's fucked up. I'm it? usually yeah. there for like one or two weeks, mm-hmm. and I meet more than one man, more than one each time and it's so easy and natural and so <laughs> i was telling my girlfriend i'm like yeah i think i just need to move to new york and find a man she's like yeah go get yourself a sassy ass new york man yeah <laughs> it's like the i don't know maybe that's the deal is you have to go to a sassy place like that to meet a man who can handle a woman like me maybe but- and that's what that's what i think also i was thinking about that the other day i think that's also part of the reason why i'm in berlin because i can feel i feel here i can be whatever the fuck i want and, yeah. and people are doing that um but also i'm just i'm the only like yes when you're on holiday in new york like you have met but i just wonder i don't like not saying that that's not true for you but like how much of that is that you're only there for a holiday so you're not you don't have the opportunity Could to actually be. see what these people are really like. I've thought, well, for sure. That's always yeah. the case. Like when you meet mm-hmm. anybody, I mean, for me, it's like a three month process to, cause you got to go through the ovulation cycle at least three times. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is my math. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but at least three times. At that least seems three arbitrary, times. You got to but... go through, well, three times a charm, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that adds up uh, science. <laughs> science. <laughs> exactly. Three times a charm. Um, so if the Irish say yeah. it, it must be true. Exactly. So, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't have the time to get to know, but most of the time I stay in touch with the men. Um, I lost my train of thought completely. Um, so it's a three-month process to get to know someone to see if they're even yeah. worth spending time with. And and just with New York people. Yeah, I'm just they're saying, more, like, maybe you've um, seen visually attractive people. Oh, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've thought say. about just, like, pretending like I'm on vacation and going to, like, Mitta or yeah. something or going to vetting and seeing... Going, yeah. You know, just like, oh, I'm traveling through vetting. Definitely. I'm through Mitta. Maybe I can find a man here. Definitely. But I'm so grumpy and unhappy here that I don't know if I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I wonder if it's a here thing or if it's just a time. I feel like Berlin is thing. like my me place. Like, mm. I don't want anybody in my bubble when I'm here. It's where I come to just like be with me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. Um, what the future holds for you <laughs> does a- anybody know what the future holds for anyone well, what, what's your astrology telling you the astrology tells me that the world's gonna be fucking crazy the next few years okay yeah for everybody yeah is it global warming no like no <laughs> <laughs> it's not no no we didn't even get you want to go down this rabbit hole i don't know maybe how much time do we have we got five minutes five minutes how is the world gonna go crazy i don't know so there i follow a lot of different modalities i was obsessed with the last 20 years in personal development which Mm -hmm. might be why i'm like no i'm just doing me right now Mm -hmm. because i learned so much about myself that's like basically my life's work is to learn about myself Mm -hmm. and then the further you go you kind of get to this place where you become multi-dimensional you think about who you were in a past life. You think about your ancestors and who they were in their past mm-hmm. lives. And all that's in your DNA. And then mm-hmm. you think about maybe that you have a parallel life or a multidimensional life. Like maybe mm-hmm. there's a, a version of you that exists in a parallel reality that you're connected to. Mm-hmm. And then you think about like, well, are there actually galactic beings? Are there interdimensional beings? And who are they? And what are their planets like? And have I lived on those planets? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then world gets really expansive. 
And mm-hmm. in all those different arenas, there's people that talk about their knowledge of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they try and give predictions about what's happening on the planet right now, which is basically the most common term is that we're going through a process of ascension. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe a more three-dimensional way of talking about it is we're evolving, mm-hmm. where we are starting to realize that how we've been living doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we have to dramatically change mm-hmm. in order for it to function. Mm-hmm. The sustainability conversation starts touching on it. And the the uh, global warming thing or global climate change, it's a hard, that's a rough subject because it alludes to that humans are causing it. But maybe it could be, and then this is where it gets real fucking esoteric, mm-hmm. That the earth is a being mm-hmm. and we've been very disrespectful. Oh, yeah. And it's becoming angry. Mm-hmm. So is it, you know, like, oh, we have to stop using fossil fuels and come up with these other ways of doing things? Like, maybe we should just fucking stop and realize, like, consider, mm-hmm. like, everything about what we're doing and do we really need to f- replace the thing that is making us live in this way that we maybe is not so healthy for us to live. Like mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. living in a slave model. Mm-hmm. Do we want to continue living in a slave model? And what is the world that we want to live in? Mm-hmm. These are questions most people don't ever think about. Like, where are we going? Yes. <laughs> a lot of people do not think about this. I, no, I they say. don't. They don't. But, um, <laughs> but this is something that. But that's that, because it's a tough one. And it's also like for change to happen, it's. Uh, inevitable. Monumentally difficult to see how change will be executed and how little, um, how little or how much uh, influence you're going to have on that change. And if that change is actually going to be an improvement. And well, I yeah, think and that's the problem is that people mm. think we have a problem. We have to improve upon this issue or we have to change it something to fix the problem. When we get into fixing the problem, we create the problem in a new form. The key is what is the world that we want to live in? Mm-hmm. There's several people prior to me that are far smarter, have written books and been physicists in history that have mm-hmm. talked about you. If you want to make a change in the world, you cannot do it from the same frequency as the problem. Absolutely. I've always said, and one of my biggest, one of my other biggest learnings, which I've probably mentioned on the pod before, is, uh, is just you can't break, you can't uh, change a system from within. You can't, yeah. you can't break a system from within. You well, the can't, system is You can't perfect. overthrow a system from within. You can't, you've got to be outside of it. The system is perfect. If you consider that the system that we live in functions optimally, it's just not a system we want to live in. And it's not one we would create. So if we just say, And All sustainability right. has got to be questioned. Like, yeah, like if you, yeah. if you have a motorcycle... And you're like, I really want a car with four wheels. Are you going to rebuild the motorcycle so that it has four wheels and drives like a car? No. Are you just going to say, fuck it, I'm going to go and build a car or buy a car? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the same. The system works. You have to consider, I mean, I think that people need to consider that the system works optimally. It's just not the system we want to work inside of. It's not. It's not built for us. Well, it depends on what your metric is for optimally. But yeah, it, like it, it's working. But in terms of sustainability and in terms of human um, human survival yeah. and, and within survival, it's like human, 
happiness is a bit is a bit of a difficult term, but like you know, um, it's yeah, not human, built for let's say humans. Human health. It's not built for humans, and that's who's in the yeah, system. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. then you just have to be like, okay, well, I'm living in this fucked up system that wants to basically use my life force and doesn't care if I live or die. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now what? Yeah. What do I want my world to be like is the now what? Like how would I prefer to live? What would my fantasy world be like? Yeah, I'm starting like I I'm like I the, these questions have definitely driven my life a lot and and how I live. Yeah. Um and what I'm currently doing is focusing on building community of people that share my values. Because when it comes down to it, community is kind of like the only thing that we can control and where we can really um, get uh, fulfilling self-expression within. So, yeah, I'm current. Yeah. What, that's what I'm currently focusing on is. Yeah. Um, that's is, good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like we had that five minutes. So that's uh, that's how I see, that is where I understand we have to go. We mm. have to go back to local community Mm. and we are in a place where if where it's gonna get uncomfortable for people who are unwilling to let go of the old way of being and who are unwilling to consider that it's inevitable we have to move forward from here yeah let's see let's see i don't know i'd like to think that it will become unsustainable for people to hold on to old ways of living but i don't know i yeah well it will yeah okay Okay then. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have any last parting words you wanna you wanna share? Um, any 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 advice any advice any wisdom that you wanna share? I've, I've never asked a guest the last this before. five the last five minutes was pretty wise. That was pretty wise. Yeah. yeah. No. I get to know yourself. Get to know yourself. obsessively. Because <laughs> you gotta be with you. <laughs> Because obsession rest of your is life. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's about you. Um, amazing. Where can people find you? You, you sometimes guest host um, Sunday Slips. You perform at Valentin uh, Stube. and I'll be at uh, Cosmic Comedy. I don't know how when this is coming out. Um, hopefully I can put this out tonight. Okay. Well, then October 5th I'll be at Cosmic Comedy. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then you can find me at Make Art Not Babies on Instagram. <laughs> She's consistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually something my uncle said to me. I was at the table with a bunch of aunts and they were trying to tell me all the reasons why I should have kids and how it's the best thing ever. And then I kept giving them my reasons for not having kids. And my uncle was like, Angela, just make art, not babies. That's great. That's great. I, my family always said, um, up the bum, no babies. That was. Uh... Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> my family is not. Is a little more conservative than that. I'm joking, but also not joking. Like that was definitely. Yeah, you are not joking. Yeah, no. wasn't at the dinner table, but it was definitely something that we talked about. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I also have a website, scrivaniproductions.com. You can hire me to fix your problems. Your no. physical problems. Physical problems. Physical. Like in the house, problems. you know, yeah. you need a light fixture installed, a kitchen installed, a curtain rail. Scrivaniproductions.com. That's one. Fuck yeah. All right, guys, this has been the show. That's been a lot of fun. Um, thanks so much for listening. Find us on the Instagram stuff and website stuff. Anaberos.com is going to be launched this week. <gasps> Finally built my website. Um, all right, guys, uh, thanks so much. That's been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Goodbye. Bye.